I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much product was being sourced overseas and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that were still making in Britain. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in the UK, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be telling the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and manufacturers and offering advice to those that want to make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Make It A British podcast. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I certainly had a very relaxing time. So relaxing that I actually left recording this podcast to the absolute last minute. And I'm recording this on Boxing Day um, when I would really rather be sitting in front of the telly watching with the kids. But I have I told you all that I would get an episode out every Tuesday and every Friday and I intend to start as I mean to go on. So um, I'm here now and I certainly wanted to talk to you today about something that I know is quite topical at this time of the year because as we come into 2019, it's a time when lots of people think about starting something new, launching a new brand or a new product and they may be thinking about making that product in the UK. So I wanted to run through 10 of the common pitfalls and the mistakes that I see that can happen when you're thinking about starting a brand that is made in the UK. But don't stop listening now if you already have a brand or if you're a UK manufacturer, because I think there's tips here that everyone would find useful. And certainly if you are a manufacturer, you will probably listen in to some of these mistakes and um, understand completely where I'm coming from. But before I get on to the main part of the show today, I just wanted to give you a little bit of information and a bit of background about why I have decided to make, to take the, maybe some would say slightly drastic decision of closing the Make It British Facebook group. Now, I've not closed the Make It British fan page at all. That's still there. And I've still got a Make It British group for members but due to just a few people who are consistently leaving racist, bigoted, hatred fueled posts in a group that is supposed to be supporting British manufacturing and British makers, I'm finding that more and more of my time is spent policing and deleting these posts. Now, these people sneak into the group. They look like genuine individuals. But sadly, once they get into the group, they they bide their time for a little while and then they post really nasty stuff, all supposedly um, as a way of supporting Britain. Now, that is most definitely, definitely not what make it British and not what I am all about. So sadly, due to the amount of time it is taking me to admin all of these posts, I have taken the decision to close that group. But I will obviously still have many other ways that you can find out about UK manufacturers or promote your brand that makes in the UK that doesn't involve going into the Facebook group. And then let's face it, these days, Facebook is more and more not showing the posts that you actually want to see on there, the useful posts, um, because they've decided to not 
put notifications um, for every post in every group that you belong to, but just selected highlights that Facebook chooses. And typically, <laughs> Facebook seems to decide that the highlights are some of the stuff that are really inappropriate that I don't consider highlights. Um, it's become the case that less and less people are actually seeing the useful stuff in that group. So I've taken the decision to close it. We do still have a Facebook group for Make It British members. And I'm also looking at other ways of continuing to keep information open to all the people that were in that group. So I'll keep you updated on that. But for now, if you were a member of the Facebook group, the, the group will be archived on the 7th of January. Right, so now let's get on to the main part of the show. And the topic that I want to cover today is the 10 mistakes that people make when starting a brand that is made in the UK. And I'm going to offer you some advice of how to avoid those mistakes. Okay, so number one, and by far the biggest thing that I see people do, is not allowing enough time to develop a product. So, for instance, I have someone contact me and they say, Kate, can you help me find a manufacturer? And I always ask and I say, when do you want to launch? When do you want to launch your products or your collection? And it will maybe be September. And they say, well, I want to get it in the stores before Christmas, which would allow less than three months. And things always take longer than you think. And three months is generally nowhere near enough time, not time to source a manufacturer, get sampling and production made um, and get it into the stores. It's not going to happen. Everything always takes longer than you think. So you should always build in. I would say if you're launching something completely new, when I was a buyer, we would be allowing for something starting from scratch, maybe a new collection, a new part of the uh, range, six months probably, to actually develop the product from scratch. Six months to a year. And certainly if you're completely new to the whole manufacturing and production thing, then you're going to want to allow a good 12 months, I would say. And I've heard of people that have taken two to three years to get something properly off the ground. So number two is the, the common mistake that people often make is not being prepared enough before they approach a manufacturer. So they may have a brilliant idea, but it's still very much in the idea stage. They haven't thought about everything that needs to go into that product. They might not have sourced raw materials. Um, or thought about what their pricing is going to be, or even gone back far enough to actually think, who is this product for and how am I going to sell it? And you need to have all that information before you approach a manufacturer, ideally as well with technical drawings and specifications that show exactly how you want the product to be made. It's a little bit of a myth that manufacturers are sitting around waiting for designers to turn up with an idea and can take that idea and develop it all for them from idea to finished product. That generally is not going to happen if you're working with a UK manufacturer because, as I've said before in this podcast, they just don't have the time and the admin skills to work through all of that with a designer from an idea. So you really do need to be as prepared as possible before you even start out on your manufacturing journey. The next common mistake that is often made is assuming that all factories 
make all types of products or certainly all products within that sector. So, for instance, if you're making a fashion product and you're hoping that the manufacturer that you speak to is going to be able to make everything from knitted hats to jeans to hoodies to handbags. Manufacturers in the UK in particular are very much specialists in their field and they'll make a certain type of product. So do your research before you approach a manufacturer and make sure you know exactly what type of product they make and be prepared that you're going to need more than one manufacturer if you've got more than one type of product in your range. In fact, depending on the product, you may need a couple of manufacturers for one product. So say it's a T-shirt, a printed T-shirt, you may need one manufacturer for them to make the T-shirt and you'll need a printer to do the print. And sometimes the manufacturer can arrange the printing for you and other times they can't and you'll have to source the, man the printing supplier yourself. Okay, mistake number four is putting price first. Now, yes, you do need to have a good idea of what your target retail price is and your target cost price. And if you want to know that, I do have a handy cost price calculator that will help you work all of that out. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But yeah, as a someone developing a new product, you very much need to know what your target price is, but you don't put that first when you start speaking to a manufacturer. Definitely don't make the question that you ask when trying to find a manufacturer, how cheaply can you make dot, 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 because that will definitely put them off. So price is important, but not as important as so many other factors such as quality and whether the manufacturer is the right manufacturer for you. Point number five, a very common one, this not listening to what manufacturers have to say. No matter how much experience you have in product development, and I myself have over 20 years of, of experience, and if you want to find out more about my history, go back to episode number one. Um, but even I, as someone who has a lot of manufacturing and production experience, would always put what the manufacturer says first when it comes to the construction of a product because they are the experts. They're doing that type of product day in, day out. And quite often they can suggest cheaper, better and quicker ways of doing something. So it really is worth listening. Don't think you know everything about manufacturing a product, no matter how much experience you have, because it's always a good thing to listen to the people who are actually making that product for you. And a good example of that, go back and listen to the episode I did with Katia Wildman and I'll put the link in the show notes. I interviewed her and her manufacturer in a factory in London and he said one of the best things about working with her was that she was really good at taking his advice and listening to what he had to say. In fact, he even gave an example of where he'd managed to save her considerable amounts of money by offering his advice in the way things were produced. Point number six, maybe I should have put this one earlier on. This one is not having enough funds to get your product manufacturing off the ground. So we've all heard the story um, and I do love it. I love her dearly. Julie Dean, who launched the Cambridge Satchel Company, she launched her business where I think the price she quotes was £500 to get some satchels made, which she then turned into a multi-million pound business. 
That sort of thing these days with UK manufacturers is exceedingly rare unless you yourself can make the majority of the products. It costs money to sample products. It costs money for production. And then, of course, you need money for marketing because thinking you're going to be able to do it all for free on social media is just not going to happen. It does take quite a considerable sum of money to launch a new product. It varies, of course, according to the type of product that you're going to make. And I won't go into all those details now, but I did publish an article on the Make It Produce website about how much it might cost to launch a fashion brand, for instance. And again, I'll put the link to that in the show notes but it is always more than you think. And actually for that article, we interviewed um, a few of the members of Make It British and asked them how much it cost them to launch their product. And it was all, everyone, without exception, had spent several thousand pounds or more launching a new product. So make sure you have the funds to get the product off the ground. Point number seven making the mistake of thinking that manufacturing is going to be easy. (laughs) Manufacturers listening to this are probably chuckling. Um, And of course, it is easy if you compare it to something like brain surgery or rocket science. However, if you think you're giving up a very stressful job as a lawyer or a doctor, and I'm sure I'm not mocking those professions because I'm sure they are very, very stressful and not easy at all. However, manufacturing any sort of product is quite complicated. There's lots of moving parts. It involves great project managing skills, great problem solving skills, and also really good people skills as well. So don't go into your manufacturing journey thinking it's going to be easy. There are going to be challenges, usually due to something that you haven't really foreseen. So try and plan out and think about all the possible things that could go wrong and have a plan and a contingency for what you do if the worst possible thing happens. Because there are always problems when it comes to manufacturing. Wherever you manufacture, there's always little hiccups along the way and you need to find a solution to them. So if you go into the whole project thinking of what the worst possible things that are that could happen and have a potential plan and a contingency for if the worst should happen, then you will be absolutely fine. But never think that your manufacturing journey is going to be straightforward and easy. Mistake number eight is trying to do too many things when you launch, making the range too complicated, too big. There's too many different types of products in it. My advice would be to avoid this. Keep things simple. Keep things simple when you start. Don't try and develop lots of different products, but stick to one that you can do really, really well. Get that right. Get that to market. Check that people like it and want to buy it. And then then add on more things to the collection as you go along. Do not try and do too many things. You will drive yourself mad. And also because, as I said in point three, you may need several different factories to make just one or two types of product. And the bigger your range is, the more complicated and more products are in it, the more different manufacturing partners you're going to have to find. And you'll give yourself a headache, a nightmare, a nervous breakdown if you try and do all that. So just keep it simple to start with. Point number nine, 
And if you've already listened to this podcast a few times, you will know this is one of my big bugbears. Not visiting a factory. You must go and visit your factory. If they're based in the UK, it's so easy to go and see them. And you can't expect to make a product in a factory if you haven't seen them. That's really going to the factories when you get a really good idea of what the people behind the products are all about, what they can make. Um, You get a real feel for who the company are and you develop that partnership with that manufacturer that's going to make your products. So please go and visit a factory. That's such a common mistake because what happens is If you don't go and visit a factory, there's always going to be something that could be lost in the communication. They'll courier some samples to you and you won't be happy with them. And then you really only have yourself to blame. Go to the factory and be there when they're making or finishing the samples and go through things with them. Don't make that mistake. Right. And the final point here. So you've got your product, you've developed it and you want to launch it. But do not assume that if you make it, people will buy it. You need to have a plan for how you're going to market and sell that product. So say that you have £10,000 to launch a new product. Do not spend £10,000 on the sampling and the manufacturing of the product. Save money behind, save part of your budget towards marketing and selling the product. It's so important. I meet so many people. They've got a fantastic product. They've had a beautiful product made and they come to me and they say, I've built a new website, Kate, but I don't know how to get people to actually come and find this product to buy it. And the problem is they haven't put any money behind the marketing and how it's going. How are they going to actually get the product to market? So make sure you've saved behind some of your budget for how you're actually going to sell the product. OK, so that was my 10 top tips for the mistakes that people make when starting a new brand that is made in the UK. I'm just going to run through them again. So number one was not allowing enough time to develop the product. Number two was being unprepared before they approached a factory. Number three was assuming that all factories make everything. Number four was putting price first. Number five was not listening to what manufacturers have to say. Number six, not having enough funds. Number seven thinking that manufacturing is easy. Mistake number eight is having too many products in the range when you first start out. Number nine, not going to visit a factory. And number 10, assuming that if you make it, people will automatically want to buy it. So I hope you found those tips useful today. Um, Certainly, if you are thinking about starting a brand and making in the UK, we have information at Make It British that can help you. We run a trade show that you might want to come to as well to find manufacturers to make your products. And we're also launching a challenge on the 7th of January, which we're calling our Get Set for Manufacturing Challenge. And you can find out more details about that if you go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash get set. Everything that I've mentioned, including a list of my top 10 mistakes and the, how to avoid them, will, you will find on the in the show notes for this episode. 
which you can find when you go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash 013. That's the numbers 013. Right, I look forward to talking with you next week. Bye bye. If you're interested in discovering UK manufacturers from the fashion, textiles and homeware sectors, you should definitely come to our trade show, Make It British Live. The next event is taking place on the 29th and 30th of May 2019 at the Business Design Centre in London. With over 200 exhibitors, inspiring talks just like the ones you've been listening to on this podcast and interactive workshops, it's the perfect place to network with others that want to see UK manufacturing thrive again. Registration is now open. Just go to makeitbritishlive.com forward slash register to register for a free ticket. If you're a British-made manufacturer or brand and want to find out how your business can benefit from being involved in the show, just visit makeitbritishlive.com forward slash exhibit, fill out a short questionnaire and one of my team will get straight back to you. To reach out to me personally, the best place to do this is via LinkedIn. Just look up Kate Hills and you'll find me. You'll also find me on Twitter at Make It British and Instagram at Make It British too. For all show notes for these podcasts, just go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash podcast and you'll find all the details. And make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing in iTunes, Stitcher or whichever is your preferred podcast app. And I really would love it if you left me a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye.